0: you
1: that you gave to Jehoshaphat, O God, that the battle is not yours, but it belongs to the Lord. And O God, that we can stand back and see God fighting for us, God fighting on our behalf. And so, Lord, we pray your blessing, we pray your grace, we pray your anointing upon this spirit, upon this gathering. We declare an open heaven over this house and over the lives of your people. Even as they listen in, as they as they uh, as they hear the words of the Lord, may faith of God be increased in them. This we ask in Jesus' name. Bless the Lord. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7, it says, Ask and you shall, and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. For everyone that asketh, receive it. And he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there of you, whom if your son asks for bread, you would give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, you would give him a serpent? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more your Father, which is in heaven, will give good things to them that ask him? Therefore all things whatsoever you would That men should do to you Do even so to them For this is the law and the prophets The scripture says ask And it will be given to you It says ask and it will be given to you Seek and you shall find Knock and you shall Open. The Bible says in verses 8, it says, everyone that asks receives. Everyone that seeks, finds. And to him that knocks, it will be open." The, the, the challenge here is that we got to do something. Yeah. We got to ask. Yeah. We got to seek. We got to knock. God's response is him answering, yeah. him allowing us to find, him allowing us to have open doors. Amen. I want you to understand, you cannot see the response of the Lord till you initiate action from your side, right? Then he goes on and he talks about good gifts and he talks about earthly people giving, he says if you're evil now to give good gifts how much more your Father which is in heaven. And then he ends up by something, he says now we're speaking about our heavenly Relationship, But now he comes in and he says, all, all things whatsoever you want others to do to you, you do first to others. So he's showing us that there is, and he says, this is for the law and the prophets. So he's saying to us, when you want good things to be done to you, you do good things first. Yes. Amen. And he's showing us the whole process of what you what you're gonna put out there is de- determining what you're gonna receive. How you treat people is gonna be how you're gonna be treated. Amen. And so today I pray that God will begin to get us to the place where we can ask, seek, knock. Amen. And God is gonna show up. Well, I I do not know what you trust trusting God for. How you trusting God to intervene? But I want you to to ask. I want you to seek. You see, seeking is, you don't stand in one place and seek. We all played hide and seek when we were young. You, You never, your job was to seek. You didn't stand there. You had to go looking. Amen. So the seeking means there is an active role. I pray that God will begin to work on your behalf. Father, we come before you today. All of us having different requests. All of us having different things that we are trusting you for. Some of us are trusting you for healing. Some of us are trusting you for answers to prayer. Some of us are trusting you for doors to open. Some of us are trusting you for breakthroughs and and miraculous interventions in family and homes and careers and, and schooling. Father, I pray today, show up because you surely can. Show up because you surely can. So Lord, we pray today even in this meeting, this minister to your people, by your power and by your spirit. Today we will be activated into action. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, welcome to all of you. Amen. We pray that you have a blessed time in God's presence. Amen. Over to the team. Hallelujah. Amen. It's time to praise our God and there's
0: nothing better than praising him. Amen. It's a good day to be alive. Good season right now. Come on. Oh. We take your places on again yeah. Your rain, like
1: Your rain comes down. down. You may be seated while we an have of prayer. And this morning I want to encourage you this morning. I, we just want to remember those that are not well in body, those that are just need a touch from the Lord, those that just need God to just visit them
0: and minister
1: physical healing into their bodies. Whatever the condition may be to, this morning as you in faith. The Bible says when two shall agree as touching anything. There's more than two of us that is in this place. There's more than two of us that is watching online. And we believe in God today, whatever the illness may be, that we declare today infections are right now. We declare today that, that, that God is beginning to move upon and touch your physical body. And we speak to your body to respond to the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord says the healing is your children's bread. Father, we bring Norma before you that that, that today we pray, O God, over her body. Father, that every symptom of that stroke, O God, that you're going to deliver your daughter out of it. And in the name of Jesus, we speak to her body that strength will come, O God. That we pray today strength will come into her muscles and into her limbs. She will get movement where there was no movement, Oh God. We pray in the name of Jesus, we pray for complete healing over your daughter. You are able, you've brought her through many things before. And you will bring it even through this. And so today we believe in you. Father, we believe in you. For others that have other conditions, those that may even have the flu. And those of God that are even of God coming through COVID. And Father, that you are healing and that you're strengthening. And that their body is responding to the word of the Lord. We declare by faith of oh God that you will heal them completely. In the name of Jesus. We believe in you, God, for those that are struggling with sugar diabetes and hypertension. Father, we pray today in the name of Jesus. Their levels are coming to normal, oh God. Their blood pressure levels are coming to normal. The sugar levels in their body is coming to normal. We believe in you as we begin to trust you for miracles, cardiac problems, oh God. You're reversing in the name of Jesus. You're reversing. In the name of Jesus, oh God, I pray, oh God, for those, of oh God, that have poor circulation in their body, O oh God, that, O oh God, their body will respond. In the name of Jesus, you are able. You are able. So we pray, O oh God, for physical healing, for mental and emotional healing. Father, for those, of oh God, that have become overwhelmed, so many things are plaguing their mind lord jesus by your spirit here you are able to do that we pray O oh god right now for our children that are engaging in exams and those that are at school and at university even for adults oh god that are studying right now i pray in jesus name oh god bless them give them mental and physical strength and stamina father i pray oh god that they will not be overwhelmed I pray today, give them a God and a mind that will be able to take in information, understand it, and be able to apply it. Give them favor and good success. I pray today, Lord, that you are moving on behalf of your people. Thank you that every time we call upon you, you hear us and you answer. Thank you, God, for those that are trusting you for employment and for open doors. Lord, you can open the right doors. Father, that you can cause them, oh God, to grow. So we pray today in the name of Jesus. Thank you for creating jobs. Thank you for creative ideas. For those that are in business, oh God, that you are increasing their their business portfolios and, oh God, the influence even in the area of business. Lord, you are able to do this. Able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all we can think, ask or even imagine. We bless you for that. So, Lord, even this morning, as we get around your word, that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And everybody said amen. Amen, amen. amen. Before, before you go off, can you sing that song? Oh, I want to say bag of bones, but you I know, think I just God. keep remembering that one. I thank God. I thank God, amen. I thank God. Let's, let's sing that as we prepare our hearts to just receive the word of the Lord, amen. Showed up. Yeah. And when he showed up, how he showed up. Yes. The things that he did in order to change our lives around. And I can assure you, and I want to encourage you to, today, to believe God for yourself. Amen. I can tell you, give God a chance. Something great is about to happen. You give God room in your life. He can turn circumstances and situations around. You can see his tremendous hand at work in your life, amen? I want to just use this Sunday just as a point just to encourage you. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. I want to encourage you to step out, amen? Uh, the uh, sermon title of this morning is Stepping Out, amen? I want you to step out into the gifts, into the grace, and into the calling that God has called you into, amen? I want you to know that God has placed his hand on you. And each one of us are called to do something amen each one of us are called to do something for the lord and i want you to i want you to be encouraged to do something for the lord amen and whatever the gifting and calling that god has called you into to function there. and when you function there you will feel you will sense your life feeling a greater fulfillment a greater joy i can tell you it will be a blessing not only to you but to your household and your family as well. And so I want to encourage you today, for some of you, even for our children, some of you that have children, to encourage them to step into the calling that God has for their life. Amen? So 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7, it says, For this reason, I remind you to fan the flame of the gift of God. Amen? So that's what we're doing this morning. We're fanning the flame. Amen? That means when you fan the flame, you know, many of you know how to to, to make fire, amen? And especially when you're having a bride, you want to get the coals nice and hot before you put your nyamas on it, you know, before you get ready to really enjoy. But before you enjoy, you cannot have the the fire that is not fully burning. The heat must be right, amen? And part of getting it right, you fan the flame. Many of us have bent our mothers' but yeah. you know, fanning the flames. Yeah. Amen. But today I want you to fan the flame of the gift of God. Amen. That is given to you. He says, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For the spirit God gave us does not make us timid, yes. but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Paul is speaking to Timothy, but not only to Timothy, but to everyone that has received a gift of God. Now, firstly, it's important for us to realize that God has given gifts to the body. Mm -hmm. Amen. Now, the Bible, we read in in, in Matthew chapter 7, that he says, if you as evil people know how to give good gifts, how much more your heavenly Father? knows how to give you yes. good gifts, amen? Yes. Uh, you know the Bible here says the Father gives good gifts. Yes. The Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts. Even in the Bible, they did not say the children give good gifts. Yeah. <laughs> amen? Yeah. Uh, I said it in the first service today. Uh, I, said, I said to the parents, trust God that your children learn the spirit of giving from you. Yes. And know how to give good gifts. So to all the children know how to give good gifts. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Because your parents gave good gifts. Yeah. Because they're modeling the heavenly Father yes. that knows how to give yes. good, good gifts. Amen? Yes. And and I, and I saw it in the first service and I see it now. Many of the parents are quiet. <laughs> as if you're scared. Oh, no, no. Don't be scared. Tell them, bring the gifts. Yes. Amen? The years when you were buying and you never was able to buy a gift for you, because you have to buy a gift for them. If you if you had three and four children, you have to buy gifts. All of them never had a chance to buy a gift for you. Now it's time to receive. Yeah. Yes, amen. Amen. Amen? amen. Yeah. Yeah. To all the parents it's time to receive cookies. Yeah. Yeah, Good yeah. gifts. Yeah. No, no, I'm not talking about you know slippers. <laughs> <laughs> and t shirt, you know. Good gifts. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> because our God says you'll get pressed down, shaken together, yeah. running over. So, whenever you do anything, you must say it's an investment in us. Good gifts are coming. Yeah. Hallelujah. And then, Hallelujah. <laughs> good gifts are coming. <laughs> We've we got to get to that place. Amen. So, the Bible says the Heavenly Father knows how to give good gifts. And here he comes and Paul is challenging Timothy. And he says, fan the flame of the gift of God that was laid given to you by the laying on of hands. That means the gift that the Heavenly Father has given to you is a perfect gift. The, The gift that the Heavenly Father has given to you is a good gift. It's going to be a blessing in your life and it's going to be a blessing in the lives that are connected to you. When you function in your calling, I can tell you, it's a blessing in, in your household. It's a blessing in your family. Yes. The, the challenge is that many of us are stifling what God has given to us. And, and, and there are several reasons why, we, why sometimes we are, the gift is hindered in our lives. Or the gift doesn't function. One of it is fear. Yeah. Secondly, it is a feeling of feeling unworthy or not good enough. Thirdly, we sometimes even are anxious that we may get it wrong. Fourthly, we sometimes hesitate in stepping out because we are afraid of failure. What will people say? What will they think? Sometimes, the last thing, we are reluctant to step out of our comfort zone. It's comfortable here. I do not want to rock the boat. I do not want to challenge. Now, this is very, very important that we have to overcome fear to step out. Now, I I, I said there's a difference between showing up and stepping out, right? All of us in some place or the other, I remember when we were in school, they used to have sport days. And in sport days, everyone had to participate in a sport. Whether you were sporty or not, they will find some sport. Even they had egg and spoon race. (laughs) I mean, if you could do nothing else, you know, yeah. you could carry an egg. And sometimes even people cheated with that. Yeah. They put their thumb on the egg, you know. and it's a, You know, and you know you did not right? yeah. yeah. They even had three-legged legs. If you couldn't run with two legs, they put three legs. <laughs> you know, a three-legged race. And if you couldn't run, you jumped in a sack. Yeah. Sack race. Somewhere or the other, you had something that you could. See. And if you we, we were too big to run, you give a short part. You can throw. Uh, yeah. yeah. Somewhere down the line, they want you to participate. But the thing is about participating is that just showing up is not participating. Yeah. You have to, you have to be actively involved. That means if I came to the race, and, I, and they said, on your marks, get set, go, and I stood. It didn't mean I participated. Yeah, yeah. I was there, I showed up, but I wasn't involved. The problem is that many of us are at the starting line. We know, what God, we know God called us. We know what God has called us to do, but we're doing nothing about it. You may be talking about it, that's not doing anything. You have to get to the place where you are doing what God has called you to do. That means if God has called you to sing, sing. If God has called you to play an instrument, play an instrument. God has called you to pray and intercede, intercede, pray. If God has called you to to, to evangelize, evangelize. Amen? Doing it once doesn't mean you're doing it. You know some people do something once and they keep talking. Mm -hmm. You think that they were doing it for all the time. It's like when I wash dishes at home. I do it once. Doesn't mean I do it every night. If I say to you, I wash dishes, you may think I wash it every day. Let me finish the sentence. I wash it whenever there's a need. That means nobody else is in the house. Huh? of oh, my fear. So the thing is some of us are doing something once. And you say, you remember? Yeah. Whenever any says you do nothing and I, was, yeah, 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 I wash dishes. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: you may have done it once. Amen? Yeah. Now I want you to understand, stepping out requires of you to step out. Do whatever God has called you and this doesn't mean you stop because the things get difficult. Doesn't mean you stop just because now it's requiring more time and effort of you. It doesn't mean you stop because you may have had a little setback. You've got to continue in this. Now, you, why you need to overcome fear? Because fear is a thief. Yeah. And true. wants to steal. Yeah. And the enemy against you functioning in your gift. It wants to rob you from the fulfillment of the, of the God-given gift ministry and calling. That God has called you into, wants to rob you of that, because there's a blessing attached to you fulfilling your calling. It wants to rob you from the from from others benefiting from the ministry gift that God has placed in your life. That means you you could be a custodian of a blessing to somebody else. Some of you, God bless you with a gift of hospitality, or you, God bless you with a gift to encourage people. You do that, amen then it also robs the church of being edified and being built up by your gift. That means others are stirred up into their gifts and callings when you function in your gift. Amen? It robs God from getting the glory because you didn't step out into that which God has called you to. Now, the Bible speaks about, in Matthew 25, about the, the about the talents, the, the parable of the talents, and someone was given five, and someone's given two and one was given one. but the reality is says that and, 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 and the master gave and as he deemed fit, right but also the the one that had five when I made five more the one that had two had when I made two more but the one that had one took it and hid it in the ground amen that means the reality is that if you keep your gift hidden that means you've got the gift yeah. but you keep it hidden it's not gonna begin to produce anything. Your gift was meant to produce. Yes. It was meant to ignite and bless the lives of many others. Now, some of the things that we have to deal with that stops us, inhibits us from beginning to function in our gift. Firstly, being intimidated by others' gifts. Mm. One of the biggest problems is that people feel that they're in competition with somebody else. Now, whether we want to say it openly or we, or we want to acknowledge it or not, all of us, to some sense or the other, feels a spirit of intimidation. You've got somebody that does the same kind of work that you do, you'll get intimidated by them. Amen? You get into the uh, in, in, into a sphere where somebody is able to do what you do, but do it better, you'll get intimidated by. I mean, I, uh, if you put me in a, in a room full of pastors that are senior to me, it is hard to minister to pastors. They know how to minister. There are some that are better orators than you are. So you get intimidated, but the reality is John 10, verse 27. It says, My sheep ye listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Now understand this scripture in the context of being intimidated. When God has gifted you, He's placed that gift in, to, in you for a particular people mm-hmm. that will be attracted to you. Yeah. There are certain people that God has placed a gift in you to be a blessing in their lives. And God has prepared that gift for you to be a blessing to them. Mm-hmm. Amen? So God will bring to you the people and create space. The Bible says, your gifts will make room for you and bring you before kings. Mm-hmm. That means it's not your giftedness. Yeah. It's the gift of the Father yes. at work in your life will begin to make room for you and bring you before kings. I want you to understand this. When you receive a spiritual gift, you need not to be intimidated by somebody else's gift or the way that some uh, another person hears from God. God has uniquely wired and created you to hear from Him. Amen? So we need to understand we have to be caref- careful about being influenced by somebody else when we're functioning in our gift. But the second one is very important. a fear of feeling unworthy. One of the biggest things is a sense of dealing with self-condemnation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1 and 2 that says there is therefore now no condemnation those that are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death amen that means the Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus one of the biggest challenges why people do not function in ministry is the enemy always tries to make you feel unworthy And you feel because of the mistakes, and this is how many of you have when you call and you and you feel like you you want to do something for the Lord, the next thing the devil reminds you of the mistakes you made, of the the bad choices you made, of the times you got it wrong, and and what happens is you feel unworthy, but the reality is that nobody, if it uh, nobody that came. That Jesus used throughout the scriptures, Old Testament and New, felt that they were worthy. Everyone had a character flaw, had a deficiency. They had a child. Gideon, he had a low self-esteem, God used him. Moses, he, he, he felt like he had a speech defect. God used him. Joshua felt that he couldn't take over. He felt that the shoes of Moses was too big for him to fill. That God will say to him, be strong and, and of good courage. Elijah will come after Elijah. The reality is that everyone in the scriptures, Daniel, will find himself in, 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 in Babylon, find himself as the only one praying five times a day. They use that to target it. Everyone has some sort of things that that they had to deal with. He he felt ostracized. He he didn't feel like he quite belonged. But God used him. All of us are going to have some... Some of us had deeper things. Peter, he had a short temper. He had a short fuse. God used him. I want you to understand, there's always fears of feeling unworthy. Sometimes there will be times when we fail God. There was a sin issue in our life but remember that god says there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in christ jesus you're not on your own now that was your old man but now god is once you come into the kingdom god has changed your life around now this is our inheritance as a believer to live uh, our lives in understanding that we stand in the righteousness of god we believe in the power of god's grace to forgive and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Therefore, we are able to do the work that God has called us. The Bible says in James 5:16, he says, if you confess our sins one, one to another, that we will be able to, to cleanse us. God is able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, amen, and restore us. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 1, verse 7 and 9, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. And if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us from our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I want you to understand you got no excuse for not fulfilling the calling of God on your life. And for everyone that has felt unworthy today, understand you don't stand in your own righteousness. Yeah. You stand in the righteousness of God. Yeah. Understand that God has forgiven you, yeah. and the Bible says there's no condemnation. Yeah. Amen. Stop judging yourself. Stop uh, uh, letting that hold you back from doing what God has called you to do. The any any sorry. The enemy will do everything in his power to hold us back from coming into that place. But then the third thing is, we have a fear that what what am I? What if I make a mistake? What if I hurt wrong? Hebrews chapter five verses fourteen says, "But solid food is for the mature, and who by constant use have trained themselves." to distinguish good from evil. Let me break this down for you. The reality is that the only way you will gain maturity is by reason of use of your gift. That means if you keep developing your gift, you will begin to become mature. And in that you will be able to distinguish good from evil. So you don't have to be afraid of making mistakes, yeah. you know. Some people, even when when God has anointed them to do some things, they they feel afraid and say, "Me? Am I missed? Is it just me? Am I just feeling like this? Or is this the really the voice of the Lord? Is this the word of the Lord?" I was sharing in the first service how to hear the voice of the Lord. We, you know, it is the 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 the, the, the word of the Lord. The, the when God speaks to us, and you say, "I heard the voice of the Lord." Sometimes it can be the audible voice of the Lord. Sometimes it can be a prompting in your heart and in your spirit that this is what God is saying to you. Sometimes God speaks to you through visions and through dreams. And and sometimes even God speaks to you through preaching and instruction. Amen. So you have to learn how to hear the voice of the Lord in those different environments. Some of you, some of you through experience and encounters or through just a divine encounter, you can hear the voice of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Remember, how do you know that this is the voice of the Lord and this is not another voice? God's voice will never contradict what the word of God says. Amen? God's word will always build the church and promote unity. When we're hearing the voice of the Lord or the word of the Lord, it will be in accordance to his nature. That means it will be in accordance to the fruit of the spirit that we have in Galatians chapter five. And whatever you stand, whatever you hear from God will withstand any attack of the enemy. That means there is a test of God beginning to show up on our behalf. That means the antidote to fear is a love relationship with the Father. You know him, your Father, you know He gives good gifts, you know He directs your steps, you know what He is doing. Amen. So, in this, the challenge is that don't be afraid of stepping out. The fear of hearing the voice of the Lord is the fear of getting sometimes things wrong. Don't be afraid of getting things wrong. Amen. Some of us stop doing things because we're scared. What do people think? Yeah, that's true. What do they think about us? What do they think about you? Hey. And so much of us don't do what God called us because we were so worried about what other people think. And sometimes they They got their own things they're worried about. Yeah, Amen? Yeah. So don't let other people or what other people think hold you from doing what God has called you to do. Don't don't do ministry just out of a sense of trying to please other people. Amen? Trust that God has given you the ability and the grace to do what he's called you to do. Now, this is important. When you hear the voice of the Lord, you have to respond. Anyone that is doing some sort of ministry will tell you that it comes with challenges. One of the biggest challenges in doing ministry is that sometimes those that are even in your immediate family don't believe in you. Now, Pastor Maggie will tell you, in the years when we started off ministry and went to Bible school, there were many people that went to Bible school with us. But some of them never ever stepped into full-time ministry because their marriages didn't allow it. Sometimes their wife or their husband was not ready to step into that level of ministry. And some of them are today, they're still good Christians, they're still in churches, but they're not living fulfilled lives because they're not doing what God called them to do. Now, I'm not saying every one of us are called to full-time ministry. Some of us are. Some of us are called to be like Paul, a tent maker, do ministry, and do work. But whatever God has called you to do, do it. Now, I want to encourage households and families in your, your children, if you know there's a call of God on, on the life of your children, celebrate that. Yeah. Encourage your children to, besides having a career and having a job and, and developing themselves and having a nice house and having a nice car, this is something God has called you to do. Yeah. Do that also. Mm-hmm. Build that as part of your relationship. Some of the young people that are getting into relationships, getting into marriage... You talk to the, your spouse or the person and say, this is some of the things that you need to know about me. God has called me to do this. And part of who I am, I do these things. You've got to get into those conversations. Because otherwise they think, I married a lawyer, I married a doctor, I married a, a you know a teacher, I married an accountant. And they think, now you're coming and saying, hey. And they're unable to understand it. They may call you to, uh, you, when they married you, you were a, a manager, you were, you were a receptionist, or you were just looking good. <laughs> right? But then there's more to you. Yeah. So the, the reality is that you've got to start to discuss that.
0: Mm.
1: Why? Because the reality is, I want you to know the benefit. If you have somebody that's in your household that is called and you support them. I can tell you it will bring a blessing into your house. There are some things that God will, will bring and it will add peace, joy. It will bring a certain sense of grace over your home if you begin to step into it. So if God graced you and called you to do something, function where God has called you. If you, can't, if you don't function where God has called you, it's going to place a challenge. Amen? And be in support of the ones that God has called. Amen? Now, as much as, you know, we we emphasize so many things about uh, if our children are excelling in a certain thing, we want to invest in it. Is it? If our children are good at sport, you know, uh, uh, you go and buy the best. If they're good at soccer, you buy the best togs, you buy buy the best equipment, you make sure they look good. If they're good at cricket, you buy all the equipment for them. Hockey, whatever, sport, you'll take them to the ground. Is it? Yes. You stand in the ground. You shout like you're playing soccer right? Because you are so excited about it. But how many of you, if your children got a call of God in your life? Yeah. You'll yeah. be able to walk with them. Yeah. Drive them to where they are. Yeah. E- equip them to do, fulfill the calling yes. of God upon their life because it's equally as important. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Do it while they're young. Yeah. As they're growing, they won't grow out of it. Yeah. Amen? This is something that is important to us. And see a value. In being involved in the kingdom and fulfilling kingdom mandate, I say this to you today: Don't neglect the call, fan the flame. And when you do it, there are some things that will come not only to you, but to your generations. I've been I've been sitting down this week and looking at different men and women of God and the sacrifices they make. But when I look at their children and I look at their grandchildren and I see how God has blessed them and doors that have opened to them and opportunities that came their way. These men of God didn't have cars, and they walked, and they had bicycles, and they and they did the work of the Lord, and they, they never, they, they struggled from thing to thing. But you know what? You look at their children today. Wow, they're blessed. Yeah. Look at the grandchildren, you see. You can see the hand of the Lord because the seeds that you sow.
0: Yeah.
1: I want you to understand, you may be young now, and you're saying, Pastor, I don't even have a girlfriend. Yeah. We're talking about grandchildren. Eventually, you're going to get there. Yeah. Don't wait till you get there and then do it. Some of you that are called, don't say, I'm going to wait till I'm 60. When I retire, I have all the time. That time, you know when 60 happens. 60 happens.
0: Yeah.
1: Everything gets slower. You understand? The energy that you had when you were 30 yeah. is not the same. We would like you to be the same. But it's not the same. Give God your best. Build, why are you building your family? Why are you building your children? Build your love and your grace for God. That's what will carry you. You, you know what the one thing about uh, doing kingdom work? No expiry date. Yeah. No pension date. You just carry on. Amen. There are some people in the 80s. You you watch sometimes on TV. Yeah? Some of those pastors are in their 70s and 80s. They're still preaching. They're still doing the work of, they're doing what God called them to do. You can do what God has called you to do all the days of your life. But start now. Don't give it a date when you're going to start. Start now. Make it part of your life. You can see the benefits now. Amen. Some of you, your gifts are going to make room for you, bring you before kings, cause you to experience some great faith. But you've got to exercise your gift. You've got to sacrifice for your gift. Don't let anything hold you back. Amen? I pray that God will give you support of home, loved ones, family, people that will encourage you to to, to have to function in your gift. I pray for you that you will be an encourager of others to function in the gift that God has called them for. Amen? Let's just bow our heads together. Today, my, my challenge to you is step out, you got to do, make the first step. No one can do it for you. You've got to do it on your own. But I want you to know you're going to have your best life as you do that which God has called you to So, Father, I pray over your sons and your daughters. I pray, O oh God, over each one that today that you will begin to move upon their lives in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray, O God, that you would just bless them, that you would watch over them, that your grace, O God, will be multiplied on their lives. I call their gifts, and uh, the ministry gifts that you have placed into them, into fruition. Let there be an activating of ministry gifts. Father, that we will not let our gifts be dormant, but, O God, we allow it to function and, and become fruitful, and let the kingdom of God advance because your sons and daughters are advancing. Bless them, Lord. Whether the gifts, oh God, be gifts of ministry, or teaching and preaching, singing, oh God. Whether it be, oh God, gifts of helps and gifts of encourages. Whether it be gifts of intercession and prayer. Father, I pray today, O oh God, bless your people. May their gifts make room for them. In Jesus' name. Amen.